Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, we're going to have to explain that cowbell. Uh, hey, this is, of course, the <laughs> podcast where we talk with advocates and members of the disability community to educate and inspire better conversation about disability. Hey, my name is Rob Minot, and joining me today... See, I'm exhausted already doing this intro. Uh, uh, Liz Malone is joining us today. Hey, Rob Mano, what's up? Hello. And also joining us today is uh, Mr. Steve Barkley. And I will be using a wood joiner in order to join you today. That's correct. I don't even know what that means. That must be some sort of a carpentry <laughs> thing, but uh, good, good enough. Uh, hey, so as everybody's probably noticed by now and is probably, uh, you know, typing on their email to send us an email, uh, the there is no Ryan Flurry and there is no real actual cowbell today. Uh, what you heard was a emulation. It was it was an approximation. Exactly. It was a mini cowbell. Well, it was, uh, we, we, we did multiple minis to make up for the actual original. I, yeah, I know that that was, that was the idea, but I don't, I don't know how, that, yeah. how well that was implemented, but okay, okay. So we, we felt, tried. We, 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 we flopped on the dismount, but we tried. We, we tried. Exactly. <laughs> they, hopefully the Russian judge doesn't, doesn't give us the <gasps> zero. the Russian judge. It is always a Russian judge. Yeah. Uh, hey, how are you guys today? Oh gosh. On a scale of one to 10? We, sure. <laughs> Solid six. Six? That's not bad, Liz. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, a six is pretty. That's that's a good number, Steve. I'm going with you. Well, yeah, you know six, what? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with six point five just because I watch the prices right a lot, and uh, they you you always want to go like a little bit higher, like fifty cents higher than everybody else to try to get that closest to the actual retail price without going without over. going over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always the trick. Nice job. Um, so we should say. Let's, do we want to say where Ryan is? I think we should, because I'm a little bit proud of the little guy. He's growing up. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's getting out into the world. He he's is. leaving the nest. He's, so Ryan is not with us because he actually had a board meeting uh, because he is now sitting on the board of an organization called AEBC, which is, of course, the Alliance <laughs> for Equity for Blind Canadians. Uh, so he, uh, yeah, he got nominated. He went to their annual general meeting over the weekend and, uh, got nominated to sit on the board and, uh, got voted in. And so he's off, uh, doing important stuff, um, over there at, uh, at AABC. So congratulations to Mr. Flurry, And, uh, I'm sure we'll see him again next week. Bravo. Good yeah. job, Flurry. Yeah. We're proud. We are. We are totally. Our little boy's yes. growing up. Yeah, but the right. podcast at the meetings. <laughs> That's right. They'll be pushing the podcast. Uh, well, and so this is going to throw me off, too, because now I have nobody to throw it to to tell us what we're actually doing today. So uh, I got to do this. So uh, today it is our great pleasure to be talking to a, a young lady uh, here in British Columbia who, by the name of Alexis Folk, who happens to also have a podcast that we're gonna learn all about. Uh, welcome, Alexis. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I, listen, I'm sorry that it is such a chaotic day uh, that you're joining, that everything, all hell is broken loose here <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, but we're going to make uh, a go of this and uh, have a great appearance. So uh, yes. 
Why don't you tell our listeners and uh, those of us who aren't familiar with you uh, a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from and what grade you're in, and uh, a little bit about this podcast that you have? Well, my name is Alexis Folk. I'm in grade 10. I live in British Columbia. We, I started the podcast because I seen an equities in BC with inclusion and accessibility, and I wanted to just be part of more activities. So then I started having conversations with other people with disabilities. And my teacher approached me about a fundraising opportunity for activities for people with disabilities, specifically outdoors, because they don't get to experience that very often. Right. This podcast started from that day on. So now what's the what's the name of the podcast? Meeting Mighty People. Oh, interesting. And so so and, and what's the, the premise? Sort of you sort of do you have do you have guests that come on and, and you you interview them or how does how does it all work? I have guests that come on each month. Matter of fact, this month I have the Nelson Creston MLA on the show. Oh wow. And she'll be talking about what funding we can get for people with disabilities. That's fantastic. Now, is it so? It's a it's a uh, a monthly podcast. Yes. So and, tell me, and uh, just for our listeners who don't know what an MLA is, because they might be in the United States, that is a member of the Legislative Assembly. That's our provincial parliament. That's so right. This is this is Alexis's representative. Yeah. Yes. Big deal. Like getting a politician is a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I'm realizing now that I started that, that it is a pretty big yeah. commission to be proud of. Yeah, absolutely. So so tell me a little bit about where where did this whole idea for this podcast sort of come from? Uh, yeah, I know you, you mentioned that, that you know, you sort of, you noticed that there was, a, there was sort of a gap in terms of inclusion and, and accessibility in your own community. But what really, was there, was there like something that really just happened that you were just like, you know what, I got to do something. And, and how was it that you decided to do a podcast? Well, ironically, there was something that happened that I figured I seen enough equities in the community that I figured I gotta do something. And then my teacher just ended up randomly approaching me about a podcast and asked if I wanted to help out with it. And then it became my own. And then here we are today. Wow. Now, so was it hard to like learn how to sort of do all the podcasting thing? Like, had you listened to a lot of podcasts? Yes. And I would say the struggle was 100% real, <laughs> like today. Yeah. With learning how to do the editing and the stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I, I can so relate to this. Um, oh, all, all, all pod, it's like the podcaster's code. We all know, oh, God, all the stuff you have to do behind the scenes. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's the, it's the editing. I mean, honestly, it's the editing. It's the uploading. It's getting it on the platform. It's you know, writing the description. Yes. Uh, all of that takes, it takes a lot of time, doesn't it? Yes. But I'm willing to put in the time because this is an important project. So... And now look how far we've come. That's right. 
Um, so now how many, how many episodes of the pod, how, like, how long have you been doing the, the podcast for? Um, year and a half to two years. Oh, wow. Wow. Started December 3rd of 2020. How did, how do you sort of come up with, with guest ideas? Do you have people approaching you or do you, do you kind of do some research and, and try to decide on, on who you want to talk to? I, I do some research and then I find their email addresses and then I email them and half the time they say yes. Yeah. Do you, do you find that you're kind of surprised that how many yeses that you do get? Cause that happens with us all the time. We sometimes will reach out to somebody and be like, we'll never, we'll never get this person on the show. And uh, then we hear back a day later and they're like, yeah, sure. I'd love to come on. Yeah. Sometimes, but not all the time. Yeah. There's definitely times when I know we've reached out to people and you think, gosh, this is a, this is a no brainer. I mean, it makes so much sense. It's a you know great tie in. And then they're like, nope pass yeah. and you're like you're like oh really okay well <laughs> Misjudge yeah, think, that one <laughs> yeah i've always i don't know maybe just some people just don't like being on podcasts i don't know or maybe some people just don't like i don't know but it's the number one fear public speaking right that's yeah, true yeah yes so yeah and we'll talk to me a little bit about that then alexis so so when you first started it like were you really were you really super nervous at, at first and now you're kind of like a an old pro and it's no problem or do you still get nervous or how has that kind of progressed as as it was always challenging before it's gotten easier the more the prepared you are the better yeah well that's that's usually our problem too <laughs> <laughs> but then also the more prepared you are the more nervous you are no that's yeah that's that absolutely true, true too, too. Yep. yep so it's better to just go with it yep it's i just want to ask you alexis because when you talked about prepping for a show and getting ready for a particular guest you ever find that sometimes you might have your whole show planned out and all your questions and then you get a guest who just completely takes it in a whole separate direction and you're just like oh no and you got to throw your notes out the window and just kind of wing it sometimes but i like doing that kind of stuff i mostly just look at my notes for who's on the show next and <laughs> go with it how important is is sort of the idea of advocacy to you and and were you did you did you kind of grow up with that sense of importance for for advocacy i feel like i always had it in me but since seventh to ninth grade i've been noticing that there's a need for independence and a need for inclusion because i've seen and i've seen so many situations where i could be included but people just don't re really realize how they can include people with disabilities or right. what they need to do and the fact that it takes a growth mindset to actually include people right right so so yeah it, education i mean that's something that we we talk a lot about on the podcast as well is just that it, it's so many people have a lot of misconceptions when it comes to disability um that it, you know it's really the more voices that we have out there in the communities that are that are educating and and being visible and being loud um the better because then then people learn and and you know because i, th I feel like at the end of the day everybody 
everybody wants everybody to be included, but sometimes they just, they don't know any better or they don't even realize that they've made something inaccessible to a certain community. Agreed. Strongly agreed. Alexis, uh, I had, I had a little birdie who uh, sat on my shoulder this morning and uh, uh, suggested that I ask you about um, what you've done to advocate for yourself in your, your uh, own community. Okay. I'll tell you a little bit about that. So I, Last year, I seen, I seen enough inequities in my own school because I wasn't able to access certain facilities in my school. So, I I went and I sat on town council, in a town council meeting, and asked them, could they make it more accessible? And they said, sure, we'll come have a look. And next thing I know, it was done. Oh, that's awesome. What, what did you ask them to do? I asked them to make the bathroom doors in my school accessible. Cool. Because they were so heavy. So did they just put in like a better hinging system or did they motorize them? What did, what did they do? They put in actual buttons that you ah. just push. Nice. So how, how important do you kind of see advocacy in terms of, of like the young people? Like, do you see a lot, of, a lot of kids your age that are becoming more active in advocacy? And, and how important do you kind of feel that that is for, for young people to get involved? I feel that it's really important because young people are going to be here for more future to come. And they're, they need to have a voice in future plans for access codes and stuff like that. Now that you've sort of have sort of stepped up your own advocacy, do you have people around you and stuff that are that are becoming more involved as well? Or are you serving as sort of a, a bit of an inspiration for them? Yes, I'd say I'm definitely serving as an inspiration for younger people with cerebral palsy and other disabilities that are in my community. And how, what's, what, what's sort of your favorite thing about doing the podcast? My favorite thing, all of having the, having the open conversation about disability life and just the fact that there's no, um, no judgments around having a conversation about your disability. Alexis, what was your favorite interview that you've done so far? My favorite interview? That's a long question. There's two of my favorites. That, One in which is with the spe or a special education teacher with cerebral palsy. Her name is Melissa. She's an inspiration to me. She's got epilepsy too, and she she's a disability consultant. So what she does, she takes university resources, makes them accessible, and builds some uni university resources herself related to her experiences. Nice. What what was the other one? And Marco Pasqua, FC. A Cerebral Palsy Association of BC spokesperson. He is um, a very wide known inspiration across BC. 
and he was just interesting to talk to and share his experiences with the whole world of what it's like to live with cerebral palsy and in a wheelchair and whatnot and just be vulnerable and open. What are some of the plans that you have for the podcast? Are you, you know, are you just going to keep, keep plugging away and, and keep doing it? Yeah. Are there any, do you have any dream guests that you want to try to get? I have a plan just to keep going and keep seeing where this goes. This might turn into a potential career because there's lots of organizations that have had me had approached me and wanted me to speak at their events. One in which is the Cerebral Palsy Association and Sean Marshall at Blind Beginnings one night. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's awesome. And, and I mean, it's you never know where things are going to lead. And that's one of the that's one of the cool things that about the podcast that we enjoy, too, is just meeting all kinds of different people and, and sort of making those network connections with uh, with people all over the world. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about uh, what else you like to do other than uh, producing a monthly podcast uh, and and doing all your advocacy work. Uh, do, what do you, what do you like to do extracurricularly? Extracurricularly, I love to volunteer to help people with disabilities, whether it's mentoring them or helping them out in some kind of way, shape, form. And you know, I would actually love to hear a little bit about the about the role that horseback riding has played in your life. I thought was something that really jumped out at me when I looked at your website. Um, I actually just got back from a trip from Wyoming and Montana. And so I was really looking forward to speaking with you and, and kind of getting your perspective and, and sharing some of my recent experiences. So if you could give us a little insight into that. Well, horse riding was really what started my journey to realizing that the world is really open to seeing different sides of the world. Like the world is very open. You can make choices that allow you to see certain sides of the world. So it helped to change my perspective and allowed me to live the life I live today. Being fully independent, fully, fully driven towards that people with disabilities have abilities instead of disabilities your whole life and you live around that. Yeah, so my my recent experience going horseback riding just last week, I I think I experienced some of the things that you just touched upon is that I had this, I, first of all, I haven't ridden a horse in, my God, I don't even know how long. And it was something that I wasn't sure that I would be able to do because I, I'm legally blind, Alexis. And I found it to be so incredibly liberating to be on this animal. I, cause I can't, I can't drive a car. I can't, you know, ride a bicycle. can't do a lot of the fun, but, but riding that horse and becoming in tune with the motion, the, my body positions, how to lean and feeling where the horse was, was positioned and, and learning that I could successfully horseback ride 
was successfully succeed in something else that's not a barrier yeah but it was definitely something that i had not i mean i created the barrier for myself i made the own my own assumption i said oh my gosh i don't think i'm going to be able to do this i think i'm gonna you know i'm gonna steer the horse wrong and so i it it was extremely liberating and so when i was reading your website and and i read about how you just said that it was something that started your journey i said oh my gosh i can i can completely see how something like this could really change your perspectives yes. in terms of what your abilities what what your limitations are or actually i should say what your limitations are not true story your, your limitation is only your imagination and mm-hmm. assumption. man i see i've never ridden a horse I should put that on my list. Yeah, I know. I haven't. I've, this is, I'm, that's just, I never got, kind of never got around to that, but I should really do I've that. I've been riding for like 10 years and I just took a break recently. And I've been in a couple videos for TSN for funding and it's been a life changing event. Now, do you like, do you like, is there a place? And sorry, I, I'm really dumb and because I, I know nothing about this, but sorry, like, do you go to a place and can you rent a horse? Like, how does this work? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a Crested Valley therapeutic riding program where I live. So you go there, you ride for therapy, say for an hour, and you just breathe and you just enjoy. So now, so can you get like the same horse? Like, is there one horse that you can go request or something? Or do you like, do they just load you on whatever horse is around? (laughs) There's about 10 and you get to choose which one. And so, and like, so, but do you like, I'm kind of I'm serious. Like, so do you create like sort of a bit of a bond with, with one particular horse? Like you, you know, you want. Yes. I want, I want Philip today. <laughs> <laughs> they ha- they have funny names. They're not like Bob and George and Mary. They're I had one horse that was named uh Stinky Drew. <laughs> hey, I, I knew a Stinky Drew in grade 9. <laughs> yeah. I said, "Oh, my, I said I think I think somebody named this after their ex-husband." Yeah. Um uh you know, there was another one named Walk It Off. They all have these very. Oh, that would have been so funny. <laughs> they all have good names. Yes. They never just yeah. <laughs> they all are named after their characteristics. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cute! I love that. Yeah, no, right. Well, you guys, are, you guys are convincing me. I should really gonna put that down on my, on my to do list. Is we next need to summer, get you on a horse. A... Yes, we but, but need they're... to get you on a horse. You know, I like I've seen like I like I've seen horses. I've I've seen horses close up. And you know what's what always struck me about them is that they're a lot bigger than they look. Like you don't realize how big a horse is until you're like beside it and you realize, man, this thing is big and powerful. And yeah, but think about the advantages that your disability is not letting you do. On top of that horse, you can use the advantage of its legs to get yeah. to get to use it as power yeah that's that's very true it's very true all right well listen i'm going to find some place where i can go rent a horse for an afternoon and i'm going to do Phillip. it i well i'll put in a request i don't know i might have to <laughs> i don't know if i'll get philip or not ask but, ask, ask for sleepy joe 
<laughs> oh my gosh, you're right. You're so right. That is almost dead Fred. <laughs> just, I don't want anybody who's going to kick me off. Or because I like because I, I know the movie. Like I know you. You go. What do you do? like? How do you make them go? You just like giddy up, and that's like you kick them on the sides with your heels. Obviously, that, that doesn't. That seems mean. No, 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 no. I mean, listen. These animals are so big and muscular that I mean, you're not. I mean, they're not going to put spurs on you. They're, you're you're probably going to be wearing you know sneakers or tennis shoes, whatever right. you call them, and you just kind of click them, and you know. I see. Yeah. You mm. you use a command of walk on or you kick with your heels. I see. Lately. Hopefully, well, hopefully they do some sort of training before they just load you they onto do. a horse and we're like, here they you do. go. Here you go, yeah. bud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unless we unless you want to be on one of those pony rides with the kids where they the handler's holding the uh the reins all the way around the little circle. Well, listen, that might It'll be, be Rob and the five year olds. <laughs> might be a good place to start. I don't know. Just to get, my, get my horse legs under me. Um <laughs> Steve, have you uh, done any horseback riding? Not in years, but I uh, I did when I was younger. Yeah, really. It's nice, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah. There's yeah, something absolutely. just it's very peaceful, and you kind of get your body into this nice rhythm. Yeah, you get that roll happening. You just sort yeah. of meander on down the road, hmm. and then the horse decides, "Hey, there's a low hanging branch. I'm going to brush him off on that." And then the <laughs> horse decides, "Hey, you know, I think I'll rub up against this tree and see what that does to his knees." Yeah, it's great. <laughs> well, or all of a sudden the horse stops, and you're like. What's going on? Why, why is the horse going? And then there, like the the guide up ahead's like, yeah, if your dog, your, your dog, your horse is taking a poop. I'm like, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, hey, it you happens. Gotta, you gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta go. Yeah. That's right. Oh, I got a question. Okay, you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna fire one of Alexis's back at herself here. Alexis, yes. what what do you think makes a mighty person? Well, I think anybody who has the true, the true driven attributes to make stuff happen, like to make, make waves in the world. Hmm, I like that. I like that a lot, actually. Making waves. Make waves. You ought to, you ought to put that on a t-shirt and you got your own merch there, Alexis. Yeah. I actually do have my own merch and logo. Do you? Really? Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Oh man. It, it was a school project. Oh. Wow. So what, what do you what do you got for merch? It's just my MMP logo right now. Wow, that's cool. I say so like are they t shirts or they what do you what do you got? Hats? T shirts, cups. I've done a couple cups, not myself, but I got imprinted oh. through Vista print. Right. Mm. Yeah, so we we need to do that. We need to get some merch. We should get mugs. I still say, no, we need some beer huggies. Beer huggies? <laughs> <laughs> also also with, a good idea. With built-in cowbells. Yes. With a cowbell on it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Maybe Alexis can, can give us some consultation later after the show. Yeah. You can hook us up. <laughs> so, Alexis, let me ask you this. If there are people in our audience who are interested in listening to your podcast, which they better. <laughs> uh, where can they go online to find you and to find the podcast? Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and my website so far. 
Hopefully it's going to expand within the next couple months, but we have at least one listener in Russia that That's we're going right. to, that we're, that we, we're going to say, go listen to her podcast. It's awesome. That's right. Svetlana, go to meetingmightypeople.com and go listen to the, to the podcast. Give, give Alexis some of those Russian stats. Yes. In her analytics. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Listen, Alexis, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, best of luck with the podcast. Uh, I'll certainly be listening. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to hear your interview with the, with the MLA later, uh, later this month. Yes, that should be interesting. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Alexis. Take care, Alexis. Take care. Take care. Well, it is always nice to see a young person who is hip deep in advocacy work. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, really, that's what we need. We need more people, young people getting involved in their community and trying to get out there and make a difference. And affect positive change. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. So always great to see. Yeah. You hear that, youngins? Get out there. Get out there, get loud, get, I mean, and honestly, that's what we, you know, we say this all the time. Uh, you gotta get, we gotta get out there and make noise. History has rarely been made by quiet people. That's right. So that's a good quote. I probably stole it from somewhere. Mm-hmm. You're an honest thief. <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? Speaking of that, uh, before we wrap things up for this episode, uh, there was some, I, I caught this piece of news actually just today, uh, and I thought I would bring it up. Uh, Liz, unfortunately, it, it's sort of local, uh, but uh, that's okay. It's about local bureaucracy, so maybe you'll, you'll get something out of this too. But sure. Steve, did you, did you realize that um, the, uh, the BC Accessibility Act that went into place um, last year, as of September 1st, they've actually mandated now that um, more than 750 public sector organizations um, there are now regulated to form accessibility committees. Did you see that news? Um, I did not see that news, but uh, as you were talking there, I just Googled it. And uh, yeah, sure enough. Yeah. So they're requiring certain public sector organizations uh, to establish their own accessibility communities to reduce barriers for, of course, people living with disabilities. And this all goes into effect, uh, or it went into effect actually in September 1st. Uh, The organizations include school districts and post-secondary institutions, public libraries, and local governments. Organizations will need an accessibility committee, a plan, and a way to receive feedback, and they have one year to complete the work. Um, So this is really interesting. This is, uh, you know, we didn't really, we, we we got this legislation here in BC, um, like I said, last year, and it kind of came and went without much fanfare. Um, this is kind of the first thing that I've seen uh, of for in terms of movement on it. Um, and it's it's interesting to me that um, that they seem to be moving at a little bit of a faster pace even than the the Canadian Accessibility Act. Um, but maybe that's just because it's you know it's certainly smaller in scale. Now, are the guidelines for what? the accessibility requirements are? Is that laid out already oh, for these? 
publication. Okay, so so it's interesting that you say that because this is definitely a news article with good news slash bad news. Because <laughs> while they've put that, when, while they've they've reached out to all of these organizations and said that they need to be doing this, the catch is is that they're not going to put in any sort of enforcement mechanism until uh, they've come up with accessibility standards, which they're saying would, will probably take up to about two years. So even though they've, they've gone to all these organizations and said, you need to you know, create accessibility committees and you, you need you know, a mechanism, a reporting mechanism for all that, they're not actually enforcing any of that until they figure out the standards, which they're not even doing for probably another two years. That makes that makes no sense. Well, this is again welcome to local bureaucracy and government, right? Well, it's wow. like the Accessible Canada Act exempting themselves from the Accessible Canada Act, right? <laughs> that's right. That's, that's a true story, Liz. This is that, that you can't make this up. You really can't. The the Accessible Canada Act government has the right to exempt themselves from it, and it applies to government. So we're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, They've does any would any sector actually start focusing on anything that the government dictates that is not going to be enforced i i, I just don't understand you know that's like I, I you know it's like yeah. a carrot with no stick i don't know <laughs> that's right they actually uh, have a document online called the uh, implementation timeline which is kind of interesting oh so so year one uh, they say their, their goals for year one uh, are requirements for the BC government build build tool to provide feedback to government, develop government's accessibility plan, develop regulations prescribing organizations, and establish the Provincial Accessibility Committee. Year two is government accessibility plan released, develop regulations prescribing organizations, government annual report released every year, uh, develop for standard, develop second standard for their, for their standards. Year three is pretty much the same as year two. It's a government annual report and develop the first and second standards. Year four is where they start talking about compliance and enforcement. Hmm. Um, so the first and second standards they develop, compliance for that will be in year four. Uh, so they'll develop them over years two and three and then start to enforce them in year four. Um, implementation happens in year four, which is a phased approach to implementation. Then in years four and five, uh, they are developing the third standard and fourth standard. Uh, they should have a second government accessibility plan released and they should have their first independent review hmm. of the, uh, of the standard. Huh. Then year six, uh, more, more implementation, uh, more review, uh, development of a fifth and sixth standard. They don't really get into specifics on those. Uh, year seven, same. Year eight, the third government accessibility plans released. More implementation, plus a development of the seventh and eighth standard over year seven and eight. And then year uh, 10, or sorry, eight and nine, rather. Uh, year 10, uh, they have a second independent review and the last part of the implementation phase. So this is a, huh. this is a 10 year plan that they've laid out. Um, and, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, as, as with most governments in this province, you know, we, we don't have governments for 10 years in a row typically. So, right. um, 
we'll, we'll see what uh, you know a subsequent government might might do to this to change it or or adjust yes. the timelines or whatever. But um, they do they have laid out what they want to see happen over the years, but it's it's super vague, super well, vague. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we're being a little bit too hard on them because I mean, it does sound like they have. It does sound like they have a plan, uh, which is good. I mean, at least they have a ten-year plan. They've published it. It's all you know. We you, we're able to to look at it and and see where we're at. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that that there is anything similar with the with in terms of the the um, the federal act. So I don't know. Maybe 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 this is a good sign. Well, to borrow a phrase from Sleepy Joe, it sounds like a bunch of malarkey to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's I, I guess the other thing that, that really like makes me roll my eyes a little bit is when they talk about, well, you know, we need to develop accessibility standards and that's probably going to take a few years. It's like, well, why? Why? I don't understand why. How is that going to take two years? Like we've accessibility hasn't changed over 50 years. Like we know what makes something accessible and what doesn't like, right. I don't really don't understand what there is to figure out. There's already best practices in place. There's already so many case studies and other countries like the U S that so we already have, um, you know, laws in place. Uh, so I, yeah, I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, when you hear people say, oh, the, yeah, it was like, I mean, when I when, think about it in any other aspect of life, if someone says to you, Hey, I got this great 10 year plan. The first thing you do is like you roll your eyes and you're like, oh Lord, what is that? Right. Well, and you know what's shocking too is that you know even when we're talking to Alexis, you know the fact that she had to advocate for the her school to put in like bathroom doors that will fit that's a wheel, terrible. like that that seems like a little bit crazy to me. In like, this that, day that, and age, yeah. especially. I mean, yeah. it's one thing like when I was in tenth grade. You know, mm. I, I mean, gosh, that was back when, you know, underneath playgrounds, it was cement. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <That's right. laughs> Everything was made of metal. Um, but yeah, I mean, for for students to not have accessible entrances yeah. to, a, I mean, of all things, a bathroom is yeah. just. It is crazy, right? It's Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to believe. But yeah, I guess it's it still exists, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, and, and granted, it's, you, just, you know, it's a small, small northern bc town so you know maybe that is part of it um but still like it's it's still shocking to sort of see where where we still are dropping the ball in terms of these things so uh yeah i don't i don't know i i i don't know how to feel about this uh article on the one hand like i said i think that it's great that uh it's in the news and that there seems to be some progress but uh, there's a, there's that cynical part of me that's just kind of like, well, and maybe they're just putting this out there so they're they're just like, hey, we're we're doing stuff, really, we're we're doing stuff. We're not just sitting on our hands. But I don't know. Again, maybe this this does just sort of illustrate that they it, it's all according to their their ten year plan. So I, I guess I guess we'll see. Hmm. Mm, yeah. Well, that's all I got. Well, I I don't got much more. Well, right. more more importantly, we really got to discuss these beer huggies. We're... Yeah, well, sure. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we I, we'll have a meeting. Uh, we'll get Ryan once he's back to schedule a meeting, and we'll uh, <laughs> brainstorm some merch for sure. I mean, if Alexis can do it, we can do it. <laughs> I'm still all for a hockey jersey, but you know. 
And I saw her lo- her logo is nice too. Like I was just looking at that on her website. It's a, it's a good logo. You've got you've got some marketing envy, don't you? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, a little bit. I don't know. I need to. I, clearly, I need to go to her high school. Take her, you got to step classes. up your game there, Manu. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> uh, she's going well, to be taking your job. Listen. <laughs> seen the seen the price of cheese? I need my job. <laughs> You know, um, I wouldn't know about these things. With my, oh, yeah, Gary. that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. How is that going anyways? Um, I went grocery shopping yesterday uh, because I came back from, you know, my, my trip. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think I could say with a lot of confidence that my shopping cart was uh, by far the healthiest shopping cart in that whole damn store (laughs) i mean there was not one i don't think there was one processed item in there everything single ingredient but i'll tell you i'm broke (laughs) (laughs) you think cheese is expensive check out the check out produce and 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 meats and everything (laughs) terrible yeah yeah, I know how you feel. I went to my doctor and my doctor told me not to eat anything fatty. And I said, what, like like bacon or beef or stuff like that? He goes, no, don't eat anything fatty. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, hey, oh, okay, wait, before we go, I just saw this article. Uh, I was on this new site. Let's check this out. Woman discovers live frog in sealed lettuce container in London, Ontario grocery store. Oh, I hope she kept it well, as a pet. Well, let's see. Let's find out together. Chantelle Scott, 26, was grocery shopping with her dad Saturday evening when she spotted the frog. Uh, she was on the phone with her mom when she spotted a frog inside a sealed lettuce container at Sobeys on Adelaide in North London, Ontario, on Saturday. Scott assumed the frog was dead, but when she started recording a video... Or wait, Scott assumed the frog was dead when she started recording a video, but when she picked up the Sobeys brand container, she saw the frog move. She continued recording, and about 20 minutes later, she posted a video to TikTok, which, of course, has been viewed so many times. The frog was moving slowly. I think he was a little stunned, she said. (laughs) At least he had food with him, she said. Okay, now here's the question that we all want to ask. So frog now safe. Scott brought the container over to one of the cashiers and said, there's literally a frog in the salad. Can I go take him out? And she just took it out of my hands right away, recalled Scott. Uh, CBC News contacted the Sobeys store, and whose manager is Chris Buford. He said that he'd have to defer any questions to the company's head office. When pressed, Buford said, the frog was now safe. The employee, the, the employee I gave it to actually saw the video and commented that the manager said he kept it in a terrarium he had at home. Hmm. Our quality assurance and food safety teams are currently working to better understand what may have led to this unusual situation. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. we want to assure customers that this is an isolated incident. We have protocols and processes in place related to handling and distributing fresh products to ensure quality products are provided to the customers. I don't know. It sounds suspect. I, we think people want to going to demand to see the frog. 
Well, Always wash already... your fruits and vegetables. Yeah, and and you know, can you imagine somebody going home with that and accidentally not doing that and, and uh. ending up with a frog in their throat? Uh. Wow! Did he show you a picture of? Yeah. Like, was it like? Is it one of those plastic containers of yeah. lettuce? Yep. Like in the oh god, I have a thing of spinach in my refrigerator. Now you're, you just made my stomach turn a little bit. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Who knew? I, yeah. I mean, at least he did have food with him. I mean, I, I, I'm surprised that he, like, I don't know, there's enough air in there. I guess, obviously, he's still well, alive. So there's those teeny tiny little frog lungs, probably. Yeah. Oh, and I, and I bet, you know, all those lettuce leaves in there were probably still processing carbon dioxide. So, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Do, do frogs even eat lettuce? I mean, is that, would that have been frog food? Actually, that's Pro a good Probably not. No. That's a good point. Yeah, that would be fascinating. If only frogs could talk, we could have him on the show and tell him about tell us about how this how this all occurred. The the the, hey on the ups Kermit the lettuce frog here. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a picture of the of the, of the package in the store. Everything luckily so compliments for spring spring mix salad. Everybody's on sale at Sobeys this week. <laughs> Three forty nine. It was their off, own brand, so. Sobeys. Yeah, that's I, don't, right. I don't. I'm not familiar. Yeah, it's like no name. It's just like no name, obviously. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, if they're smart about it, they should have leaned into it and used that as marketing, like free with every spring mix compliments salad. They should have had a little frog. guy in a frog costume outside. Yeah. You know, being like, yay. Yeah, marketed, man. You're working. Stop here. It, you know? may get a frog. You may get you guys, a pet. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> Guys being way too defensive. All right, anyways, uh, let's get out of here. Hey, I don't even know where to go to. Hey, Liz. Hey, Rob. Uh, where can people find us? We can be found on the web at atbanter.com. Hey, they can also drop us an email if they so desire at cowbell. That's so sad. At, uh, at atbanter.com. And if they're so inclined, they can also find us on the social medias at uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's correct. Uh, all right. Well, uh, successful show without Ryan. Who needs stinking Ryan? Yeah. We I know. Well, Ryan. Yeah. You know what he should do? He should go and he should advocate for blind consumers. That's what he should do. Yeah, totally. Well, listen, he, uh, I, I was telling him this when I talked to him earlier, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a wealth of information. He's going to be like, have an inside track of all the ins and outs of, uh, of AEBC. So, uh, yeah. And, and he, now he's, he is big Mr. Advocate, big Mr. Big Shot on a, on a big, big shot board. So I do have a little bit of a concern because I feel that his, service on this board will interfere with the progress in him writing and recording my song glitter and spangles mm, that's a good point yeah. so I, hmm. I don't think the priorities are, are quite up. where they need to be at the moment yeah it's a good point that's yeah. a really good point actually because yeah. he's been dragging his heels on that so I'd call him out on that when he's back. Yeah, yeah. No, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real concern. And so, yeah, I just thought I'd bring that up to, to you guys and make it formal. Well, you know what you need to do is you need to create an organization and then put out a call <laughs> for board members and get him on the board of that particular... The Glitter and Spangles organization, Foundation. That's right. That's, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad idea. 
I like <laughs> it's that. It's got ring a nice there. ring to it. It Clarence does. Spangles Foundation. Yeah. There you go. All right. I think that's going to about do it for us this week. Big thanks, of course, to Alexis for joining us. And we will see everybody next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. 